Welcome everyone to today's daily directional. These are navigational messages that help keep us pointed in the right direction. I'm Pastor Bethany, and I'm a learner, listener, and noticer of God. This podcast is a part of the Storytellers Collective. You can find us online at www.storytellerscollective.org. We believe God's story, as told through the Old and New Testaments of the Bible. We also believe our lives are a story that matters. When we begin to see the very real places where God's story and our stories intersect, we unlock wonder, worship, and a hope that communicates truly good news. Every day, we desire to turn our focus, our faces, our eyes, our hearts toward the God that our souls love. We choose to seek first the kingdom of heaven and believe the promise that our physical and emotional needs will be met by God. Our God is Father, Provider, Deliverer, Friend, Advocate, Anchor, Redeemer, Leader, and Guide. He graciously walks beside us every step of every day. He is our true north, our bright morning star, a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. Thanks for joining us for day three of this week. Here again with John Horsley, when we are considering James chapter four, verses one through 10. And today I'm going to read it in the New American Standard Version. And so, here it goes. The section is entitled, Things to Avoid. What is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Is the source not your pleasures that wage war in your body's parts? You lust and do not have, so you commit murder. You're envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives, so that you may spend what you request on your pleasures. You adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says to no purpose? He jealously desires the spirit whom he has made to dwell in us. But he gives a greater grace. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God, but resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and he will come close to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be miserable and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy into gloom. Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. Where do you think we should go today? Yeah. So there's definitely a problem that we are all having. We see this battle that James is talking about. I think that pretty much if we've been a Christian any time at all, we understand this conflict that's going on in, inside of us. And we find ourselves failing and then questioning our, our relationship with God at times because of our failures. Mm-hmm. 
And I see James, you know, in this whole set of scriptures is bringing this all up. And then he gets us to this, um, this idea of humility. Humility. He brings us right into that. That's a very difficult word. I mean, maybe it's difficult as an action or something that's not natural for us to put on or to take up, or I don't know what the right words are exactly for that. But I also think it's almost a difficult concept for us to define. Do you have a good definition of humility? Oh, yeah. So, um, so my, my feel of the word humility goes to the scripture that says, explains who Jesus was. Right, that he um, he left his place in heaven. He was equal with God, yeah. and he didn't see that as something to just hold on to. He was willing to um, bring himself to this earth as a baby child in complete submission to the to <laughs> um, the human life, and he he wasn't in a place of exaltation as a human. He was always on the lower end of the scale. Right. In poverty, grow, you know, the whole aspect of humility is the opposite of prideful and being very proud. Yeah, I think that it's in Philippians 2. I believe that that scripture is, if anybody wants to look it up yep. for your own interest in time. Um, but yeah, that's a wonderful definition to just be looking back to Jesus as our example of what it looks like to have true humility. Yeah. And so then we are challenged in that to consider everybody else better than ourselves. Right. Outdo one another with honor is another yeah. one, right, in Romans. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so humility is realizing what I am not by myself and what I am in God. There's, a, there's like that. totally different. I, sometimes when I stand and look at the mountains that are outside my window, one of the reasons that I love that view is that it reminds me that God is God and I am not. There you go. And my husband doesn't like it when I say that. He says, that sounds so arrogant. I think that's the point. <laughs> I don't usually <laughs> I ever think of myself as being God. That's not something that comes up for me. I, I wouldn't ever claim that. But there still does need to be an extra dose of humility in the space of God is God. He made those mountains. They are so much bigger than me. He is so much mightier. His hand is so much more powerful. I'm really nothing, just a speck of dust in the whole, you know, the whole scheme of things, both here in creation now, but also I think of all of time. We're just, we're nothing. Yes. And that kind of realignment of my Focus is always so important in learning how to trust God, learning how to be positioned before others, all those things. I don't know that I would have put the title of humility to that before, you know, until you you said it your way. But that that's helpful to me. Yeah, and then and then within that humility, we we face reality, which um, every one of us, especially Americans, especially people that grew up in the United States. We think we have the right to this and we have the right to that and we have all this um, pride yes. that is associated with being an American. We, we wave our American flag and we, <laughs> and we, so, so there is this tendency of um, us to say pride is okay. Mm, that's true. Right, and, and where we see that in relationship with God, 
we have to get to a place where we realize pride is not okay and that humility is what God wants. And and he gives us the promise, right, uh, here. Um, if we if we submit, therefore, to God, he will come close to us. Yeah, draw near. He will come near, yes. Hmm. That's good. All right, well, what else in here? Unfortunately, there's that... I always talk about it, you know, there was a cartoon when I was growing up where there was always this little angel on one side trying to get someone to do the right thing, and on the other side was a little devil that was trying to tell him to go the other way, <laughs> yes. right? And and we see this in this scripture where James, um, he says, hey, the devil's going to be right there. Yeah. He is going to try to draw you away from God. He's going to sh- He's going to try to brag on you beef you up, make you think that you're proud, make you think that you are in charge, make you know, he's gonna do everything he can to pull you away from from God. And so he says that we are to resist the devil and he will flee from us. That this scripture, uh, it took a long time for me to really grasp this, but one day when I was reading it it finally dawned on me. I don't run from the devil because the devil is gonna chase me down. I have to stop, turn to him, and resist him. And then it's the devil that runs from you. And he runs from me then. Hmm. Doesn't that give you sort of a glimpse of how much he must really be afraid of us? The power of God within us? That as soon as we turn around and we say no... He runs away. And we stand in the and we stand in our faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord and that He is Lord not just of us, yeah. but of the whole creation. Yeah. And Satan knows it. Principalities and yeah, all of those spaces in the spiritual realm as well as in our physical realm. So when we turn and stand on Jesus and we turn and, and um resist him in the name of Jesus, he doesn't have a choice. Hmm. He must flee. He has to flee. Very good thing to remember. And here's the crazy thing on that. The way we stand is humbling ourselves before Mm -hmm. God. (laughs) So here in James it says submit yourselves to God. Is is submission different than humility? It's a good question. It's not different. It is the process. To humility. Oh, the pathway to. The yes. action towards. Yes. Okay. In, in, in my mind, I um, I have to realize that God is who he is, and I have to realize that I must um, submit to what he wants for me to, to be what he wants me to be. And part of that is realizing that I am no longer in charge of this whole thing that he is. Yeah. So humility really pushed me in my place, but submission is my action um, behind humility and submitting to what God wants. There is just right before that verse where it talks about submitting ourselves. James says, therefore it says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. I have been wondering, he says, therefore it says. So what says <laughs> what's the quote here and he's actually referring to proverbs 3 verse 34 and yet it's 
he's using it a lot like the Apostle Paul or someone else, sometimes even Jesus will, in saying, you have known that it says. Mm. And yet they don't necessarily quote it exactly like we would in our <laughs> our exactness now, <laughs> word for word. Um, so uh, Proverbs 3, verse 34 says, he, this is talking about God, mocks proud mockers, but shows favor to the humble and oppressed. Just interesting as we... We think again about some of the the back context and text that James listeners would have known. This is a proverb that would have been well known, probably quoted at them in many different ways. And here he's sort of giving an interpretation of that in a way to the people. How do we make this um, applicable? Which is something that I think is important to us. Today, too, we want to always be digging into Scripture and knowing what God says and what our instructions are, and it's sort of our instruction manual. But sometimes it's hard to translate taking the truth that is said here into our real lives. How do we, how do we actually apply this? How do we say, okay, Lord, I do believe in who you are. I don't want control. Um, I do want to be one with you. I want to submit myself. I want to resist the devil. How exactly do I do that? Or what does it look like in someone's real life? How is this modeled? Do you have any examples of that? So, yeah. So he, he follows this up with, come close to God and he will come close to you. Yeah. So this, re, this relationship that we have with God. When we first become a Christian, um, the excitement of Christianity, the idea of who Jesus is, the fact that I'm saved, the fact that he is willing to die, all, the, all this concept comes real. And so we start walking um, with God and we soon realize really quickly that some of the 